For a long time it seemed to me that real life was about to begin. But there was always some obstacle in the way. Something had to be got through first. Some unfinished business. Time still to be served. A debt to be paid. Then life would begin. At last it dawned on me that these obstacles were my life. Beth Howland. Welcome to episode six of Radical Existence. This is the final episode of season one. And of course, the topic today makes for the perfect conclusion of season one and an even better preface to season two. Have you noticed that? When you allow life to take the lead and you surrender to the subtle cues, pushes and nudges along the way that everything seems to fall into place at exactly the right time. It's not to say there's no steering of the ship or effort and discipline involved, but it's a harmonious experience without the struggle. J'adore. So to help me complete this season is my lovely bestie who helped me kick it off in episode one, my dearest mermaid. Listen to episode five if you don't get the reference. My dearest mermaid Natalie is back and we are discussing the radical existence or what we perceive as a radical existence also known as the French lifestyle. Hello, beautiful listeners. Thank you for being here and spending your time with me. As you've learned, this episode is concluding my first season of the Radical Existence podcast. So upon first glance, this podcast may look like a jumble of thoughts and ideas, a mishmash of random people, and the celebration of their lives and stories, and now... The French lifestyle. What? I get it. It's definitely eclectic and to the uninformed listener, probably a little confusing. The idea of this podcast was to inspire through the exploration of people who followed their true north and in one way or another impacted society for the better. Do you dig it? If you do and you feel the fire heighten in your belly when you learn about people who lived a life true to their deepest calling and you desire to do the same, I have exciting news for you. Radical Existence is making its way into an online community. Not like a Facebook group, but a website with a membership platform where you can connect with people like yourself. People who have chosen a different path, creative types, rebels, if you will. People who are interested in getting the most out of this thing called life, not based on society's expectations of us, but indulging in the pleasures of living in accordance to our hearts. Let me break it down one step further. This whole idea started for me with the feeling of being duped by the wellness industry, finding the massive pressures of society and its opposition to my innate constitution so constricting that I, for about two years, if not more, lost my life to the pressures. I have had some radical awakenings about the wellness and food industry. I have a lot of stories and experiences from working in the industry for the last decade, and I want to share them with you. These little nuggets of wisdom and experiences will be the focus of season two. I'm hoping to facilitate a shift in those who are ready to find more ease, consistency, self-love, and self-acceptance in their wellness practices. This year, I finally woke up and I feel like a completely new person, lighter, more free. 
Circling back, I've dedicated my life to studying wellness. I know a lot about the physical body and the ways we integrate our thoughts and soul's purpose to create a harmonious trilogy of body, mind, and spirit. I've learned that a life well-lived comes from living in the moment, a balance of discipline with a healthy dose of surrender, accepting life on life's terms, if you will. My life was saved by a bunch of people I've never met in person, but offered unconditional love and support as I worked my way out of the muck. My vision for radical existence is exactly that, an inclusive community that is a space for people to share and explore the idea of their own radical existence. It is for all ages, body types, socioeconomic statuses. It's for people who want to live a holistically healthy life love food and movement and want to take care of their body, mind, and souls, and are looking for a place to land and connect. There will be multiple times per week for community chats, movement classes, a combination stretch and meditation class, as well as a place where people can share recipes, stories, and struggles. I'm also creating an informative online library that houses my Emerge program, as well as other educational programs like the Foundations of Yoga Philosophy and Biomechanic Basics for Achy Bodies. The launch for this site will be in September, when our world and routines will hopefully be back to a bit of normal. In the meantime, I'm putting together my email list. If you're interested in being a part of this community, please email radicalexistence at gmail.com with the subject line, count me in. Okay, on to the subject matter of this episode, the French lifestyle. A couple minutes into this recording, Natalie makes the disclaimer that she has never been to France, but has read up on the subject enough that she jokingly refers to herself as an expert. It hadn't even dawned on me that we are essentially talking out of our behinds about a place we've never been and a lifestyle we've never experienced. We have shared a library of books on the French lifestyle, some of which I revisit on a quiet Sunday afternoon and find so much pleasure in reading and rereading. Why I'm telling you this is because our conversation took a few interesting turns. After listening to the interview a few times during the editing process, I realized that what we are really doing with this conversation is discovering our own core values and weeding away what we don't like about our current realities, and in some ways using the French lifestyle as validation or even just inspiration for a different way of living. We throw a lot of shade to social media, and I'm happy to report that since the recording of this interview, we have both taken large steps back from our social media accounts. Prepare your ears for tons of laughter because this is an informal coffee chat with my bestie that we happen to record to introduce ideas of the French lifestyle that we just love so much and hope you will too. Links to the Radical Existence email list, as well as recommended French lifestyle reads we love, are linked in the show notes. Commençons. Let's begin. Bonjour, Natalie! <laughs> so we're here doing our final episode of Season 1 of Radical Existence, and it is all about the French lifestyle. To help me talk about the French lifestyle, I've got my bestie and um, feature from episode one of Radical Existence, Natalie. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> so we're so excited. The French lifestyle is something Natalie introduced me to maybe 
two years ago. It's hard to keep track with the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we've both been kind of obsessed with it ever since. So we are going to share our favorite things about the French lifestyle with y'all. <laughs> um, I guess the best way to do this is to just jump in uh, because there's no real way to you know, talk about it, and then like, we might as well just start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> All right. Um, so Natalie created a beautiful list. She's super prepared. I'm going to have her, I guess we'll just bounce back and forth, one yeah, and then the that, other, that and good. we'll probably meet in the middle <clears throat> with some things. So Natalie, what is your, one of your favorite things about, actually, in a nutshell, can you explain what the French lifestyle is to our listeners? Well, to me, the reason I became so obsessed with um, the French lifestyle is just basically they seem... Now, with that being said, I have never been there. Um, (laughs) Disclaimer, neither of us have been there. (laughs) But um, we have read a lot about it, um, so I feel like we are experts at this point (laughs) but um basically to me the French lifestyle is just a very balanced lifestyle everything that they do um is is has balance to it and that's why I became obsessed with it and um yeah it's just they're very they don't take anything to an extreme like sometimes we do here (laughs) and so that's kind of the French lifestyle in a nutshell, I would, I would say. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. Um, so what's your first, the first thing on your list for loving the French lifestyle? Um, I really enjoy how they work hard, but they always slow down to enjoy lunch or dinner with friends and family. Um, they really take their time, unlike here, where everything is, like, rushed, you're in and out of a restaurant in an hour, max, and, um, there, they, it seems like they are at lunch for hours, and, (laughs) you know, they just really enjoy their food, everything's quality, um, and, yeah, they enjoy the company of their friends or family or whoever they're up, or themselves, really. Yeah. <laughs> they're by themselves. So that's kind of, um, yeah, one of the things that I really love about what I've read about the French lifestyle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pace of life. And, I mean, I think we've gravitated towards the French lifestyle because we see these, I don't want to say problems, but these things that don't agree with us in, say, the American lifestyle or this, like, capitalist-focused lifestyle. So um, productivity is the thing that, you know, we're not just human producers. We are also human beings that like to be and have lunch together and, you know, still go to work, obviously, every day. But um, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I like it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I guess I'll jump to my list. Um, this is my favorite one. They don't go to the gym. (laughs) Or so they say. (laughs) So Natalie and I were going over this 
our list before we pressed record and I said, well, they don't go to the gym. And she said, yes, they do. And so here's my interpretation and I'll let Natalie correct me. Uh, in one of the books that we read, because we haven't been there, <laughs> uh, they said, you know, if you gain a little extra weight, you don't talk about it, you don't complain about it, you don't go into a, a program like Weight Watchers or something like that. You just simply maybe, I don't know, walk to work instead of taking a taxi or your car or whatever. You start biking more. You get on your feet. You know, you just kind of incorporate more movement into your life. You maybe don't eat as much as you were if you want to lose a little bit of weight. But it's not this, like, gym culture, go big, go hard, go home kind of thing. It's just life. Movement and life and watching what you eat and balance. Balance, balance, balance. Anyway, Natalie, correct me. Um, Well, I... Along with the books that, I, that we read, <laughs> I do follow several, um, uh, what what do I want to call them, Parisian women, mm-hmm. French women, yeah. um, and uh, they say that this kind of goes into, I think, uh, something that's on both of our lists that we like, but the privacy factor. So <clears throat> they actually do go to the gym and they do work out, but... They don't talk about it. It's not like, oh, you're posting on Instagram that you went to the gym and you're, you know, like like we do, you know, like my at-home gym or whatever, you know, like they don't talk about it. They don't. The gym selfie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. The gym selfie. There you go. They don't talk about it. So I feel like it's, they're just, they're more private people. And so I feel like they, um, yeah, they go. they definitely go but it's not a and I think that they do more stuff like yoga and things that and they do walk everywhere like that's just their their lifestyle there is they walk to work a lot of the times and they're always moving and um and yeah so I do think that they go to the gym um but it's not like our like hardcore you know hit workouts and stuff it's more yoga pilates that type of thing right and also i feel like we've read in those books we're gonna keep giggling after that (laughs) folks so get used to it um what i like about it is that it's not like masculine driven when i think of the way that we glorify our workouts in our country at least what i'm familiar with it's a lot of glorifying whatever you're really into and you have to be really into it and really outward about it and um you know kind of bragging about your peloton workout or uh beast mode you know just like these things that um it's the the bottom line is we took care of our bodies and it, it has nothing to do with how many likes you got on instagram and i just i feel like our culture is really um yeah we're obsessed with the outcomes and bigger, better, stronger, winning, and there's just so much more beauty to a movement practice than that, and so I think both of us are, you know, we love moving, we love our practices, uh, but we're not looking for people to, I don't know, outwardly validate our practice we just want to take care of our bodies in a helpful consistent manner I think that like you know social media also kind of in here we are hyper focused on social media and like 
you know, putting everything out there. And I think that for them, it's the things that they put on social media that I've noticed are all the important things to them and which is not the gym, which is not, um, you know, a lot of people that I follow, it's like fashion and, um, skincare and the things that really truly are important to them and are not, they're not bragging. It's not a braggy thing, you know? And I think here, and I'm guilty of doing that on social media where it's like, here's my food, here's my, you know, I'm going to Pilates or whatever. But, um, I do feel like there, it's just, it's just the way that they see social media is not a, a braggy thing. Like it is sometimes or can be here, you know? Right. So can we also touch on the idea of, um, and I might be getting this wrong, but this is my interpretation, that they're also very okay with, um, I feel like there's just more of a feminine presence in the culture in itself. Definitely. So women aren't trying to go to the gym to build muscle and, you know, get ripped or whatever, you know, you kind of hear these motives in, you know, specific gym cultures, but, you know, women are allowed to have women's bodies. And I, I remember reading, they said something like, you know, women aren't trying to bulk up like the men, like let the men do that. Like mm -hmm. women are allowed to be a little bit more, I don't know, curvaceous or slender or just whatever. And we don't always have to be bulking up, you know, our muscles and totally, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're definitely, um, very proud of their bodies and proud of being the women are very proud of being women and they like to show off their bodies mm -hmm. and, um, but not in a vulgar way. In no, a, no. In a very... They like um, to present their bodies. Sophisticated maybe. way. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a definitely... Uh, their their style is just way different than, than it is here, I feel like. But. Can we also digress to just CrossFit for a second? Oh, yeah. There was a trend in CrossFit where it was seen as... Um, it was seen as, like, an accomplishment when women would lift so much that they would actually lose control of pelvic floor yes. and pee themselves. Yes. And it was considered like, oh, she's hardcore badass. And I just, there's something so disgusting about that culture to me. I love that whoever these women were, that, you know, they were training hard and they were focusing on a goal that was important to them. I love that and respect that. And it's really not for me to judge, but I just want to point out that playing with the big boys and not being able to control your natural body, like, functions. How we're built as women. How we're built. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's is that different. really something to be glorified? <laughs> right. Yeah, we shouldn't be peeing our pants because we're lifting too much weight. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous, yeah. you know? Um, okay, so this has brought us to one that we both share, which is the privacy. Yes. So let's touch on that. I feel like this is going to be a big one. Um, for me, I mean, I like the fact that they are such private people. They actually, in a couple of the books that we read, um, it kind of explains that as like, even to their best friends, even to their sisters or mothers, they don't say every single thing that they do or think about. Like, mm -hmm. I think that they, if it's a big thing, maybe they might, but like, they're just... Yeah, they're just more private. They don't think that the world needs to know about every little thing that they do. And like I said, I'm guilty of that. I, you know, you get social media and you get wrapped up in that. And, um, but really it's like, 
yeah, we should be more private people. Like, why does everyone have to know what, um, you know, how you're feeling that day? Like, it should be, you go to work, you get your day done, and, you know, it's like, certain things do, should be private. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... So this is the topic I prepared for oh, because okay. privacy was yes. at the top of my list. So my first example, and again, Natalie's my best friend, so she knows everything. So I'll try to be as detailed as I can, but I also want to um, uphold my privacy. But I got into a very like serious friendship with someone last year where we met and we just instantly revealed our feelings and... Um, our past stories and just really went into like the depths of, you know, your, your personal life. And, um, that friendship was catastrophic and very, very just wild and nuts. Um, and I realized that, you know, Natalie and I, we're, you and I are, I don't know, we share basically everything. We are, for sure. We're confidants in each yeah, other, yeah. but we've been friends for nearly 10 years, if not over 10 years. So there's been time to develop that trust, to also see the patterns within each other. So mm -hmm. you know who I am at my core. You know my deepest intentions, even if life gets a little hairy sometimes. Whereas when you just open up to someone right away, they don't have that knowledge of you. So they only see you and the depths of your emotional chaos and can't really hold you um, in a very like fair light is what I learned with that. So um, holding your close friends close, but, you know, keeping your privacy. It's just something that I learned, like, I feel like the hard way right. that privacy is very important. And then my second top or idea of privacy, which goes back to social media again, I am damn sick of social media posts that are so personal so I follow a lot of people that are into like personal growth, either be it because of something they've experienced or they're, you know, teaching wellness and kind of in that world. And I feel like my feed as, you know, positive, positive as it is, it's not political. It's, you know, I mean, I follow the political people that I prefer to follow, but, um, as far as the, the other choices of like businesses, whatnot, Everyone posts a picture of themselves. It's normally a selfie or of them doing something. Like, I guess they had whoever they were with take a picture of them, which already seems like you're losing out on the moment if you're worried about what you're posting on social Agreed, media. Yeah. But then it's followed by a story of, I used to be this way, and then this happened, and now I'm this way. And it's, I was thinking about the best way to, to what to call that, um, I'm going to judge it and say slightly narcissistic, like, shut up, you know, um, get out of yourself and let's be in the world judging. Uh, the second thing though, I would say is this self celebration, which I think is beautiful to celebrate yourself. However, when it becomes a pattern, it is hard to, to not think like, what, what are your goals behind this? Like, are, are you really in your life? Are you what do you need from from this? Or do you need something from this? What What's going on? Or are you just promoting yourself, your business, your right. whatever? If Either way, I, either way, I'm exhausted from it. <laughs> I, I most definitely prefer to keep your friends, like, in the loop. I don't know. Well, I think, I think friendship, too, 
needs to be developed, just like what you were saying in the in your first story about jumping into a friendship and telling them everything. I think that that is something that, yeah, like we should develop friendships. And after 10 years, you know that person inside and out and you know how they've grown and changed in 10 years. And that's a true friendship. Whereas if you're just blurting out everything for the sake of that person knowing you, I don't think that that's truly knowing you. I think that that's like a, you know, I, I do feel like friendships, relationships in general need to develop. And, um, I think also pandemic being in this last year, I think it's just such a weird year as well, where I think that people thought that they had to like come out with everything because the relationships weren't able to develop like they should. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you, you can't see people. You can't. Um, so I think that it's just a very different way of, of having a relationship too. But yeah, privacy factor. I just think that too many people and, and it's a lot of it is not true on social media. A lot of it is not like a, like, I mean, I'm a hairstylist. I hear things every day mm -hmm. and whether it be a relationship that's not going well or whatever. And then you click on social media and it's like, you know, Oh, well you just posted something of, you know, you and your husband and how you're so happy. And it's like, but you just complained about how you <laughs> were having troubles, you know? And, um, so I think that, like, yeah, some of that stuff needs to be private, and it doesn't need to be put on social media. I mean, if you look at my social media, you would think that I was divorced <laughs> because I never post anything of my husband, which, again, I mean, yeah, you you can't take social media for what, I don't know, as the truth. And it's, yeah. and it's um, yeah, it's, I don't know, I feel like... We should be more private people, but we have, we live in a world that has all this access to social media, media, all that stuff. No one is private. We just live in that society where everyone is, right. is seen, you know, and whether it not be true or not. And I just think that French people are way more, they're, they're not all over the place. I mean, I follow a couple people on Instagram, but they're not in your face all the time. It's not... And, and if they do post every day, it's of things that, like, are, are just fun. They're not political. They're not, I don't know, it's not so heavy. Right. They give it the, the merit that it deserves. Right. So something that you, you said a few things that, like, triggered some thoughts with me. The first is just um, when you do keep yourself a little more reserved, you have time for emotions to wash over you. I think that when you're mm -hmm. almost too outward uh, with your, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. And you tell the whole world it's, it kind of affirms that chaos again. Whereas like we all know emotions are fleeting and the way that you feel right now is not the way you'll feel in a few hours. And so just to keep that privacy to allow for yourself to, I don't know, take in and um, what's the word I'm looking for? To just kind of take in the emotions and um, like compute them, store them, and then you can really decide how you're feeling about a thing. Right, and if it needs to be said to a best friend or to a sister yeah. or to a mom or whoever, but 
But I think we jump into that, like, oh, here's my all my stuff for today, you know? <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's a lot of, you know, and you don't even know how you're feeling. I mean, my feelings change. <laughs> <laughs> my feelings <laughs> also change the drop of hands. <laughs> Every two seconds, I yeah. feel like. It's like, uh, you know, you show up at, I don't know, work, and you're, you feel one way, and then you... The, you know, the day goes on and you are either, I don't know, happier and not as happy, you know, but yeah, so emotions change. You should be able to sit back and reflect that and do it in the privacy of your own right. home and not on, and I, and I keep coming back to social media because it's just such a, a thing in our society and it's For just, sure. and it's, and I, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of using it as a, as a way of, you know, showing people what I cooked or whatever. Natalie's an excellent cook, by the way. Really, truly. No one really cares. And I know that, so. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's okay. Um, But yeah, it's a very different there, I think, than it is here with the privacy factor. And then the other thing about the privacy is like letting it all hang out is kind of the way that I'm Mm. thinking about it. And, again, as someone that runs, you know, Natalie's been in the Emerge Wholeness <laughs> Program with me, and uh, as someone that just is a part of, like, groups where you do share intimate details about yourself and your experience, um, I feel like I just see it a lot all over the place. And I really, I think it's Brene Brown that says it, but she's like, you know, vulnerability is not posting to 800 people on your Facebook about what you're going through. Vulnerability is having, you know, a one-on-one conversation with a person that might be challenging or where you need to address, you know, certain things. So, I don't know. Again, in those communities, I just feel like I hope that people reserve the right to be private, you know, Mm -hmm. reserve the right to not have to say the things to keep up with the Joneses. It's actually kind of what it feels like. Everyone's telling these stories of transformation so then you feel like you have to keep up and tell your story of transformation just like no I want something for me that belongs to me because it does you know it doesn't belong to any and it's not that I don't want to help or be encouraging but maybe that's not on a social media feed maybe that's having a one-on-one conversation with someone that you can truly affect right so agreed from privacy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this kind of goes um did, were you next or am I next? Oh, I don't know. That okay. Well, so this kind of tapers into it, and I think we both really like this, but that they don't, um, their talk isn't petty talk. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just talking about, you know, the woman next door, the coworker, the, you know, friend that's outside of the group. They're talking about culture and politics and art and theater, you know, whatever. They're talking about interesting topics. They're not so petty in their speech and I really really admire that and especially now with you know the way that our world has gone and the fact that ever I mean I had to get off of Facebook because everything was so in your face political and Mm -hmm. and the difference I think though with that is that we should be able to have a conversation with each other and maybe not agree logically you're not going to agree with everything that I say and vice versa, but we can still be friends and we can still listen to each other and 
and know that maybe I'm not going to change your mind, but be respectful enough to have those conversations and not be angry or not be, whereas I think that our world really shifted mm-hmm. big time, um, in this last year. And, and it was sad to see, honestly, like the hate and the, I even became, you know, kind of guilty of that and, and looking at people in a different light, even people that I didn't even really know. And mm-hmm. that's the problem with social media too, is like, you know, you, you see these comments and, and who's, who has the right to comment on your, on your opinion, Exactly. you know, exactly. which is why I think the French people, like you're saying, like there's, they talk about things that matter politically or if they love the theater, like you and I do, mm-hmm. like it's just more of a culture there. Like it's, yeah. whereas we get wrapped up and, and angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They can have a, a political debate, respect each other's sides, hear each other out. And really change happens when ideas are planted. I mean, it's the same thing as a friendship. The idea is planted, the friendship is planted, and then it grows. You know, you're not just going to yell at someone and get them to see your way. If anything, you're going right. to do the opposite. So right. it's having these conversations that are a dialogue, you know, very important. Totally. Um, I also really like this idea because I feel, here's how I feel in my kind of world, is that when I, whatever group I'm surrounded by, I can kind of, I'm a chameleon. I can adapt to whatever's around me. And something I've really tried to hold my focus in, and I feel like I can do it with you because you share this value, is not getting um, caught in small talk about people. I don't want to be a part of, um, you know, judging the person next door, judging the person we have in common. And in some ways I feel like circles of women, that's how they, we, uh, like get close to each other is by looking at someone and judging them and talking about them, and then we feel closer to each other. And I don't think this is an uncommon thing. I feel pretty vulnerable talking about it. But I I really don't like that, and I don't want to be a part of that. And so it's nice to have someone where I know that you and I will be talking about our French lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And not so much on, like, the petty small talk because that's just – it's not a healthy place to live. Right. And and unfortunately, we do see that in – a lot of situations, especially with women. I mean, you look at reality TV and it's like all over reality TV and, um, you know, that's how those women talk and how, that's how they, how they do like what you're saying, like have things in common. Oh, well, we both don't like this woman over Mm -hmm. here, you know? And it's like, why? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really, I like that they, that the, the French women are not that petty. They're not, um, yeah, I don't. I just don't think that they're shit talkers. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they don't have the time for it. They, yeah, you know what I mean? They yeah. just would rather be living life than talking shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you almost wonder too. Just like side note, if we didn't have TV and social media, how would the world be different? You know, because you're getting oh, these like mass yeah. ideas out to people of how they're supposed to be and what fabulous looks like. You just you wonder. But is fabulous really true? Like, I think that the French, I mean, in my world, the French <laughs> lifestyle is like so um, opposite of that. You know, they're not trying to look a certain way. They're not trying to um, come across as anything but what they are, honestly. Yeah. And like, 
Whereas we're always trying to one up the next person or, um, you know, our, our life has to have the white picket fence and the, you know, two kids and a dog, like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I, I just don't think that they have that over there from what I understood is like, they don't have the pressures of like looking a certain way. They don't care enough. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a looser idea of the norm, I guess. So there's just kind of, Right. And I, and I know people that have been there and they're like, Oh, you know, French people are so like aloof and they're so almost rude, Mm -hmm. I think is what I've kind of heard. But I'm like, no, they just don't care enough to like, I don't know, just like be up in your face or telling you everything when they first meet you. you Well, so there's not that false sense of like, hi, how are you? You know, they're just, they're genuine, which sometimes doesn't look like perky and happy and lying to everyone's face. Um, So I lived in New York and I felt like it was the same thing where New York had this, there was this idea of New Yorkers. When really, I can't think of a group of people that are, like, more resilient and strong and caring, but also honest. I mean, it it really comes down to that. You know, if there's a family of four standing in the middle of the sidewalk, the family four is like, everyone's so rude, they're pushing us out of the way. You are rude for not realizing that you're taking up space in the middle of everyone's commute. Right. You know, like right. maybe look at yourselves for a second and realize you're not in Ohio where you can take up the sidewalk for as long as you want. Right. And open your eyes, you know, right. those were things that, um, sorry, Ohio. I love Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just funny how people, if you're not smiley, friendly and, you know, like small townish, all of a sudden you're the opposite. Rude and, 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 yeah, yeah. Where it's just, we all have to adapt to each other, and um, I think it's nice and refreshing to see people being genuine with their uh, emotions, you know? Totally. Definitely. I've got to get to work. I'm yeah. on my way to work. Get out of the, you know, get out <laughs> of the way. <laughs> you're literally standing in the middle of, it's like you're standing in the middle of the street or stopped in the middle of the street, right, you know? Right. Wake up. Like, yeah, totally. Um, and then in France, I could definitely, I, I don't see a waiter coming up and being like, how y'all doing today? I'm no. scared that I'm going to, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, even I was, I was at Starbucks, uh, the drive-thru the other day, and it's like, God, why are they so perky all the time? Like, that's, well, that's the caffeine. <laughs> Are they taught to like that they have that drive through over there? It's yeah. like the worst. And and I know that some of these coffee shops are like that. Dutch Brothers, I, they have to act a certain way, like right. overly. It's like, but is that, are you forcing that? Right. Yes, you are. Right. And sometimes you don't feel like being perky. Like, why do we have, why do we live in this society that? Is like if you are quiet Monday, something's wrong. Oh, that's my least <laughs> favorite. As someone who's genuinely bubbly, yes, I do have my off days, or you know, my yes. quiet days, my introverted days. And yeah, when I'm quiet, something's wrong, and it it's such pressure on your back to have to like. I don't want anyone to ask me what's wrong, so I'm just going to... Yeah, It's the worst burden to carry. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Especially when you are mostly... Just naturally bubbly. Then if you do have that... It's always like something like, you know, oh, are you sick? Are you... um, (laughs) you Are you... uh, Oh, 
PMSing. You oh, know, like, yeah. and it's just like, really? Why does there have to be like a reason for me to just not want to be? I'm a human bubbly? being. Again, exactly. it goes back to I'm not a human productivity. I'm a human being that fluctuates. Like right. the world fluctuates, like the day, like the, you know, everything changes. Right. And, um, I mean, moodiness, we all know, can be a sign of like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. other things. Yes. But, yeah, having just human emotion again, or I don't know. Yeah, and not having to, like, have to explain that. And I don't think that they explain themselves there. And no. it's And it's fine, <laughs> you know? Right. No one's judging you because you are walking to work silently one day, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know, and you wonder, sometimes I wonder how much of my, like, bubbly personality was, like, a learned thing, you know? I mean, I think I'm genuinely probably this way, you know, by nature, definitely silly and goofy, but you wonder how much the smiley and just agreeableness has been learned because that's what's expected in a patriarchal society. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think so, agreeable too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I yeah, I, I think... We do live in that society where we have to be on. Yeah. And especially in our industries, too. It's like you can't walk in and, you know, teach someone Pilates when you're not saying much. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to take from, like, the pity Pilates party. Okay, so what is, what's on your list that we haven't talked about? Um, well, one of my favorites, which I started <laughs> to really get into. Speaking of privacy. <laughs> yeah, this throws that out the door, um, is that they are very put together, meaning, um, from the very beginning of putting on their, their outfits, everything is matching, everything is, um... They have matching lingerie that they put on first, and that is, like, their, I think it helps them get through the day knowing that they are, like, put together, and um, I just think that they're very well thought out. Um, uh, I, I just think that they think about that stuff, like, they take care of their themselves in that yeah. manner, and it's not just the lingerie, it's everything, you know, I'm sure that they put on their facial products and they, um, you know, their outfits are, are planned out and they're not ever wearing loungewear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're never ever like in loungewear. They're not, um, they're just, yeah, thought out people. And, um, yeah, I, I really, I, strive to be like that I'm not oh I do have my loungewear (laughs) because it's accepted here right but like their I think their loungewear is still like nice stuff yeah Yeah. and not even price wise it's not even they do thrift there they do they don't spend gobs of money everything is if they do it's like they have one really nice piece that is classic that's gonna be in their wardrobe for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I, I do like that, that about them. Yeah. Well, that's, so I think there's a couple of things. I think the like matching lingerie underneath, you know, your clothes all day, every day, not all day, but every day, it's a sign of, like you said, self care and you're doing it for yourself. They're not doing it for a lover or for, you know, their husband or what they're, it's, they're doing yes. it for them, which yes. again, it goes back to like the skincare. I mean, the lingerie is kind of just 
it's the sign of doing things for yourself to take care of yourself simply for yourself Mm -hmm. without it being, again, like for the outward attention. So I do love that quite a bit. I love that it matches also. I think that's just kind of a fun thing. Which brings me, we'll go back to the, I guess, the style portion of it. But um, I love that they're allowed to just have love affairs. Oh, yes. The women, in one of the books we read, (laughs) (laughs) the um, women are allowed to just, you know, be single and have their small apartment in the city and, uh, you know, have not just boyfriends, but, you know, they're allowed to have romances. Yes. And it's not that, of course, we're not allowed to, but just it's very accepted to just have romances be a casual thing and move forward with life and... And emotion isn't attached. Like, yeah. I feel like it's just kind of their, yeah, their culture, their way of living. And, and they also see it as a, as a workout. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorites, too. <laughs> we don't go to the gym, but we do we our workout every day. <laughs> With multiple people, yeah. no. But that, and, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge... I don't actually, I just haven't formed feelings on the whole, like, you know, outside of the marriage, things like that. Right, right. But I, what I think I love about the culture so much, what I know I love about the culture, their culture, is that it is, um, you know, just kind of human pleasures, and it's not so dramatic, and um, I I mean, I think this goes back to the Anglo-Saxon versus, like, the Latin roots. Is that the distinction, I yeah, I meant to like take notes because I, I didn't want to say it wrong, but I love that in their culture it is just you know romance, love, pleasure. It's just um, they're just things, and they don't have to be tied to your ego and your self, you know, perception. You just they're just human things, right? You know? And, and really, it's not I love drama. That. It's not drama. Like here, it's like if you know, it, everything is one. It's found out. And then it's talked about, mm-hmm. and I'm, I just, I feel like there is just a way of life. Like, mm-hmm. you just, they're, yeah, they know that they're sexual people or that they're romantic people, mm-hmm. and that's accepted, and it's, it doesn't need to be, again, back to the privacy thing. It doesn't need to be on social media. It doesn't need to be, um, you know, like even talked about, really. It's just right. done, and it's, and it, it's great. It's fine. You know, like, I, I, well, and it doesn't need to be talked about. So in the Bay area, especially, I feel like there's this whole culture of, um, polyamory, like everyone's, it's like a buzzword or a buzz thing, you know? And even with that, like having to label something and be like, well, we're practicing polyamory. It just like takes the, just like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And you get it everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, can be like that here in Sacramento from what I understand. And, yeah. um, but like, yeah. Why does it have to be a label? A, yeah. yeah. Drama. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. We do what we do. And yeah. I think it's just yeah. like not even talked about. It's just accepted there. And you know, you, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that mm-hmm. it's accepted and it doesn't need to be, you know, reality TV, basically, mm-hmm. you know. That's my man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they, I think that they really do appreciate their bodies and their minds. And I, I just think that like it all just connects, you know, mm-hmm. and they really go with, um, 
not even with emotion. Like, it's not even an emotion thing. I just think it's like, oh, well, my body needs this. And so I'm going to fulfill that, you yeah. know? And, and I think that that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, <laughs> me personally, that like, I don't know. We live You're in, in America. We, yeah. we live in America, you know? So yeah. it's a little bit different. But the idea that like, I think that like we have of, you know, being in this relationship with someone, one person for over half of your life. And you think about all the growing and changing and all of that. It's like, it doesn't really make much sense, right. honestly. Um, I don't know well, the way that also, comes, comes across. But. No, but it's, it stems from kind of like religious ties, these religious beliefs that this is like man and woman and you this get and married that children. And you, the yeah, exactly. The only successful relationship is one that ends in death, you know, yeah, like, totally. which is just not true. You no, know? no. And there's just so much like, you know, I think of back at my 20s, how different my 20s were than my 40s. Like, mm -hmm. such a difference. And, and then you go through different stages of, you know, you have kids or not have kids and how that shifts in your relationships and, right. you know, and not just your romantic relationships, but friendships as well. And, um, and I just think that, yeah, like we, we are a society that like, I don't know, like, yeah, we have this picture of you have kids and you, you know, um, get married and you live this like life for the rest of your life. And everything's so routine, I think, too. Like, you work, you come home, you cook, you, you know, watch a show and you Christmas go to bed. Time. And, you like, know, like, yeah. everything is just, we're, we're not going with our feeling. We're not going with, like, just how life should uh, unfold. Yeah. I mean, the joy like, of life that just, you Exactly. Know. Like, I just think that they, like, appreciate life a little bit more and right which reminds me that the kids they're not letting their kids run amok in the house oh yeah they are teaching the kids to be responsible adults so the kids sit and have like meal times you know and they eat with a knife and fork at the same table as the family right. i don't know i mean i'm sure kids eat <laughs> <laughs> shifted to is like mm -hmm. the children run the the show mm -hmm. and I think there it's like you have kids and they come into your life not mm -hmm. vice versa right. like so it it is very um yeah very different there their lives don't really I mean they change obviously you everyone's lives change when they have kids but they're not yeah focusing hyper focusing on these children like catering to the children better. yeah right. Okay, so my final thing is um, that they're minimalist and eclectic, and they choose quality over quantity, which some of those are kind of, um, I don't know, opposite ideas. Like, so what I mean, they're minimalist in that their spaces aren't very big. They don't have these massive, you know, track homes, but they're living in this really old city. Uh and I guess I'm thinking more Paris than I don't know much about 
Yeah, I, I've only really, yeah. Paris is kind of yeah, we've been what we've researched. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they live in small spaces, so they keep their, their belongings to a minimum. Um, they're eclectic in the way that they go to, you know, thrift stores or the, the market and they'll grab something that's, you know, um, unique and of its time and uh, incorporate it into their house. You know, like right. it's not, um, I don't know, I get the feeling that they're, well, I don't, I don't actually know, but that's my, my vision. <laughs> a minimalist, eclectic. And then they choose quality over quantity, and that's true with their fashion, but true with, you know, a lot of things. Their food, their too. Their food, yeah. So you go to the fruit stand. You go to the, you know, bakery, um, the perfumery. Uh, so everything is kind of um, more specialized, whereas here, you go to Target and you can get every thing that you need. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming no. out. That's great. I mean, I have nothing against Target, obviously. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed. But, like, it's, it's, so you go to the fruit stand every day on your way home from work, you know? Mm-hmm. And you buy fresh, quality things, which, um, us here, you know, you, we go to the grocery store and we buy for a whole week because mm-hmm. that's more cost-efficient and we don't have time, you know, because yes. everything is just go, go, go. Productivity, and, like... If you're exactly. not producing your- right, and and it's just it's way more. Uh, our society is just way more busy in that way. So mm-hmm. it's not, um, you know, we we have to have all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they're like you're saying minimalist. Like their clothes are, um, they don't want a closet full of clothes. That's wasteful to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want a refrigerator. Their refrigerators are super small. Their closets are super small. They want quality things in those spaces and um yeah I mean we're just not that yeah well yeah it's so funny because it does kind of go back to we have all these things for convenience right these like mega stores that are now like like Target's a grocery store now so like you can get everything at the Target but then what do we do with our time we binge watch Netflix and well, I mean, what do we do? You know, it, well, people are so busy. It's like, but what like, are you busy what? Like, doing? <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm too busy to work out or, oh, yeah. oh, I'm too busy to read this book. Well, guess what? You're really not. Yeah. Like you could find, I find myself saying that sometimes like, oh, I, I'm too busy to read right. well, or meditate or whatever, but you actually can find that time. Like you can definitely find the time. I... I get into those routines of, oh, I found the time to read a whole book in three days, mm-hmm. you know, like, or I found the time to meditate every day. Like yeah. you, you can do it. Just, you have to slow down. Like that's what we don't do here. Like we are not slow people. Everything is fast. We shove our face with food, everything. How do they have time to eat a lunch for two hours? I, you know, it, it, I don't know where people's time goes. I really don't. Cause when you look at it, I, I can only think that it goes back to like media, social media. And I don't, I really don't know. I don't know what people take their time doing that they're so busy that they can't do certain things. Or, That's always been it. Yeah. Or I feel like too, they, it's more of an energy. Yes. Like, I feel like 
for some people, like I've had clients come in here, like my first client of the day, let's just say nine or 10 o'clock and they come in just flustered from the few hours that they've been awake mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh, well, what, you know, what happened? You know, did your car break down? You know, like <laughs> things that maybe would make your, your life more stressful or more busy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, well I have to go to the grocery store before coming here. And it's like, well, <laughs> but that's, you know, like, I think it's more of an energy that we yeah. produce rather than actual busyness. Like yes. everything has to be go, go, go. And, you know, in and out of cases. And I mean, you see it in driving here too. You oh know, my everything gosh. is yeah. just like, Oh, get around this slow guy or, you know, it, it, everything is just so rushed here. I think you're so right that it's an energy. Cause now that I'm thinking about the people that I know that are, you know, chronically late and always complaining about time, there is this just, uh, frenetic energy and th this non-focus, this, um, yeah, just and moving I think quickly that, through things. Right. And I think that that's what makes it so busy to them. Whereas I think if you wrote down your day and someone like that, mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, your day moves at a slower pace and you're conscious of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this frazzled person that's doing x y and z i'm sure if you wrote down everything that both of you did it would probably be equal yeah. it's just the energy that that person you know, oh my god blah, 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 you're right. jumping from this to that and really they're not getting that much done yeah <laughs> you know? so true you know there's this woman i wish i could remember her name if i remember it i'll put it in the show notes but she is a time management expert and she talks about journaling what you do with your time and how you spend your time. And I just think that's so interesting because just like when you do like a food journal or any of those things where you're reflecting upon, you know, your actions, you start to see patterns. And oh, yeah. I think we're surprised at how much time we spend, you know, say putting together a social media post, you know, oh, that took way longer than it, it seemed like, you know, or whatever. Or even searching through social media or news or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we've, I had six months of not working last year mm -hmm. and it really is certain things are time sucks. Like yeah. I found myself, I think through all the shutdowns, honestly, going and like searching, you know, okay, well, got to see what the weather is, got to see what social media says. And that could be just like swiping through for like a couple seconds, but you add it all up. Mm -hmm. And I was finding, I'm like, I just wasted an hour of my life <laughs> on, like, you know, checking the weather and social media and the news and TikTok. <laughs> None of it was productive at all when yeah. I could have been folding laundry or, you know, or relaxing. Or, I mean, that's, yeah, I feel like journaling. people are always like, yeah, I don't know when there's time to relax. And I really think that if you can turn off your devices, you can tell that I'm like, which way I'm going with devices, <laughs> but if you can really turn things off, you do finally have time to sit and just, you don't even have to meditate. That's what I think we go a little bit askew with the meditation things or meditation is definitely a worthwhile practice we know that you know something to discipline the mind but there is something to be said about not meditating and also not being on social media but just being in the world with you know maybe music playing or or just silence and kind of see what comes up you know right. it might be kind of nice to fill your energy for an hour with 
really being in your space, not in your social space, your social media space, but your, your space. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't, it's almost like they don't know what to do with themselves. I remember um, one, one day getting home from work and my family was like gone somewhere and I literally sat on the couch and I didn't turn on the TV. I didn't have my phone on me and I sat there and I looked up an hour later and I had just like been sitting in silence mm -hmm. just because I could, you yeah, know, and right. it was like, I, you, I feel like we don't get a lot of those moments. Whereas I think maybe the French lifestyle, they create those moments and it, it not even create them. That's not even the right word. It's, it's that they, their life is that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like their life has moments of silence. It has moments of reflection of the day. Like they, that's just, they're not busy like we are. Right. Their minds aren't busy like, yes. like we are. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of how many times have you felt guilty for not doing things like on your days off? Oh, all the time. Yeah. That's something oh, it's <laughs> yeah, so hard to like so lose hard. guilt. Or even taking care of yourself. Like I think, um, you know, a client put it to me right before my 40th when we were doing all the, you know, just basically getting me in like the best health of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I said, oh my God, I feel so like guilty. I feel like I'm being selfish for like working out six days a week and um, doing my meditation and doing my bath time and all mm -hmm. of that. And and he said to me, that's not selfish. That's taking care of yourself, which is actually the opposite. Right. If you were selfish, you would be, you know, not taking care of yourself. And, um, you know, and so I, I just saw it as such a... Oh, a good way of, of seeing things like we do need to be taking care of ourselves and mentally and physically and yeah, yeah I think that we get that confused yeah. yeah and I think it really does it comes back to slowing down and being in life holding on to your sense of self and your privacy mm -hmm. I mean I don't know yeah I agree so we love the French life. Yeah. <laughs> Our interpretation of okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, Natalie. Thanks for Our having me. Final episode of season one. Um, yeah. We're going to go be radically French. Yes, I love it. <laughs> okay.